Hello and welcome to the Building Local Power podcast. I'm Jess Del Fiaco, the Communications Manager here at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. Uh, we're bringing you another bonus episode this week as we try to share the most current stories from communities and small businesses that are affected by the coronavirus pandemic. I'm here with Zach Fried, who's a researcher with ILSR's Independent Business Initiative. Uh, Zach, can you tell us a little bit about today's guest on the show? Yeah, thanks, Jess. I spoke with Jim Hernser, who is a pharmacist and the owner of Las Colinas Pharmacy, an independent pharmacy in Irving, Texas, that specializes in compounding specialty medications and also traditional pharmacy practice. Right now, states, cities, and the federal government are working to shore up small businesses around the country. Pharmacists like Jim are on the front lines of ensuring that patients can access life-saving medications and other goods like hand sanitizer, which helps slow the spread of COVID-19. Yeah, so how are independent pharmacies like Jim's better able to serve their communities in a situation like this compared to, say, a CVS? Yeah, so as Jim says in the interview, independent pharmacies have a unique set of relationships with their customers that big chains like CVS might not. Uh, they're also able to be more nimble. As you'll hear, Las Colinas was quick to start making its own hand sanitizer. And yeah, they, they just have the kind of connection to uh, the communities where they're located in that, you know, a big chain might not. Jim talks a little bit in the interview about how the federal response to this crisis has kind of pushed people towards chain pharmacies. Also, he talks about how um, pharmacy benefit managers have been capitalizing on the crisis. Can you just give people a little bit more context before we dive into that as to what PBMs are and kind of what they were doing before the crisis and then what they're doing now? Yeah, definitely. PBMs or pharmacy benefit managers are companies that manage drug benefits, uh, so prescription medication benefits for health plans. They will negotiate with a drug manufacturers on behalf of a health plan, uh, whether it's you know a state Medicaid program or a workers' comp program. They will negotiate on drug prices on behalf of the health plan and then uh, reimburse pharmacies for the cost of medications also on behalf of a health plan. Before this crisis, PBMs were well uh, known for under-reimbursing pharmacies while overcharging health plans as a way to kind of make uh, skim money off of each transaction. And as, as a result of this kind of conduct, which has been well documented by uh, states going back almost a decade now, independent pharmacies are having to shut their doors because of under reimbursement from PBMs. So basically, these companies are bleeding indie pharmacies uh, dry, which benefits chain pharmacies, and many of which have business relationships or outright own the, the big PBMs. So for instance, uh, the biggest Chain pharmacy, CVS, owns uh, one of the biggest PBMs, Caremark. And so there's this kind of conflict of interest that uh, exists to the detriment of smaller businesses like Jim's. Thanks for that. I think that's just helpful for people who might not be super familiar with this issue area to understand going into this. Um, and I was just struck by one thing in particular that he said, I think a couple of times, which is also what I think this conversation kind of boils down to, is that greed does not make for good healthcare decisions. Um, and especially right now, we need people who know their patients and know how to take care of them and their communities. Um, we need them to uh, stay around. <laughs> we don't want to lose them in this crisis. Is there anything else you want to add before we get started? Nope. Just to uh, hope you enjoy the episode and please remember to like, rate and subscribe on iTunes. And without further ado, let's get into the interview. Sounds good. Thanks, Zach. 
This is Zach Freed from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. And on the podcast today, I have guest Jim Hernser of Las Colinas Pharmacy in Texas. Jim, thank you for joining us today. Glad to help. How are you today? Doing well. We're just working from home and uh, only leaving to go to the grocery store and take walks and stuff like that. Uh, how about yourself? Doing the same. Uh, we've gotten more and more responsible as we've gotten farther into this. And uh, with with 30 employees, that's even uh, a greater challenge than it might normally seem because we're as an essential service. You know, we're on the front lines every day here. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your pharmacy. What led you to get into this business? You know, way back and when I was a kid uh, in West Texas growing up, there were a couple of pharmacists that I really admired. I thought that they uh, really seemed to be somebody that I could emulate. And, and so I went to college, got into pharmacy school and had the idea that I wanted to have my own pharmacy. And within a few years, I had the opportunity and did so. So in 1984, we opened Las Colinas Pharmacy, brand new business from scratch. How are uh, independents like yours better able to serve communities in a pandemic situation like this? You know, this is this is a unseen territory. <laughs> We've never experienced this before. I mean, I'm 64 years old and I've never come across anything like this before. And so it's been quite a challenge for us. Uh, luckily, we started doing hand sanitizer, you know, the very first day because it, hand sanitizer was immediately unavailable. Um, gosh, I bet I've made 20 or 30 gallons of hand sanitizer. If I had more alcohol, I would make a lot more. We've also um, kind of cool in that that as a as a small pharmacy, you know, we're able to be nimble. You know, we've been able to use innovation to try to help our community and, and our patients because our patients depend on us. So we have a, a really a tight relationship with our patients. You know, being an independent pharmacy, they all our patients know our names. It's kind of like going into the bar at Cheers. You know, everybody knows your name. So it's a it's a great way to practice. It's a great, great way to impact lives and health. Some of the federal response that we've seen so far has involved steering uh, patients to chain pharmacies like CVS. Uh, How do you think the federal and also the the state response to COVID-19 has taken into account uh, independence like your your pharmacy? I think they've been overlooking us. I mean, we're we're an incredible resource. Matter of fact, uh, pharmacists are the most accessible healthcare professional um, out there. And uh, that's that's proven in, in study after study. So we're on the front lines. We're we're ready to talk to people. And independent pharmacies have always had a reputation for taking the time to do that. We have 30 employees here ready to help. And I don't have to have 30 employees, but I can't stand not taking good care of my patients. And most of the independents that I know um, have a greater employee base than do our chain counterparts. You know, I mean, they're trying to satisfy stockholders. That doesn't mean the pharmacists and the technicians at chains aren't good folks, but they've got higher ups that are looking to maximize the dollars, which means minimize care to patients. We don't do that. You know, we we put our we walk the walk and, and we talk the talk and then we walk the walk with our patients, taking care of them. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we study at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance is the power of pharmacy benefit managers and mm-hmm. how these you know, middlemen have taken advantage of policy changes and antitrust and their position in the, the supply chain to squeeze independent pharmacies. Has your pharmacy encountered any issues like that? And, and can you speak to PBM power as a, a specialty pharmacy and a compounding pharmacy? 
You know, interesting. There were a few bad actors back in, uh, there was some compounds that had a high degree of uh, remuneration. I mean, gosh, they were $12,000 to $15,000 a compound. And most uh, ethical compounders did not get into that business, but there were some unethical businessmen who bought pharmacies and got into that business and basically the uh, PBMs finally caught on, the insurance companies finally caught on that these guys were unethical and instead of just, we're not going to uh, pay for those unethical compounds, they said we're not going to pay for any compounds. And that then, matter of fact, they went to pharmacies like mine that do half compounds, half traditional prescriptions, so we we have a foot in both areas of care and they said we're not going to even let you have a contract with our PBM. They canceled our contract in spite of the fact that we weren't one of those unethical guys. And uh, and I had doctors in this area who are the heads of, of the largest groups in North Texas write them letters and say, we actually have to have this pharmacy in the network because they provide much better care. They save patients' lives every day and we have to have them. And they wouldn't even return their calls. I mean, wouldn't even return their letters. And so, yes, there has been a, the PBMs have, have unfortunately they're all about the dollar. They're they're making tremendous profits. And what are they providing for the patient? I mean, nothing. They, they, there's there's no value to what they're doing. Their original intent was a good good idea. It was to provide uh, some copays and assistance. It was to provide looking at at maybe the best choices in formulary for patients. The most productive for the healthcare system. But what they got into was maximizing profits. When you maximize profits, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a business where greed made a business make better decisions. Have you? Yeah, exactly. No. So uh, final question. We've, we've, we've seen a tremendous amount of losses in the number of independent pharmacies in the United States over the last decade or so. What do you think the landscape looks like for independents like yours after this crisis? My biggest fear, and I've, I've uh, talked to some, some of the top economists in the country, because I was really concerned early on in this thing. I thought, you know what, if they start doing all this, this distancing and people staying home and, and all that, um, then small business, which makes up over 90% of businesses in America, I think it's what, 95% as I understand. Just think about all these small businesses, it's 45% of the GDP in the country. So if all these small businesses have one to two weeks Um, reserves, cash stores, if they run out of those, what's going to happen? They're going to close. This, this COVID-19 act may help a little bit, but I'm, I'm worried about the landscape as being, look at all these, these small businesses who employ a lot of people in this country. What if they close? What if they can't, even if the bailout money doesn't save them, what's going to happen? Then that means the disposable income, which drives this entire economy, is going to be in the toilet, and that means that the economy is going to be in the toilet, and that means that people um, coming to a Las Colinas pharmacy and other independent pharmacies, they're going to be making choices about what they have to have versus what they would like to have for good quality of life. That concerns me because they may decide, you know what, even though those hormones uh, make me feel better, um, and I know that it probably reduces, reduces my risk of breast cancer and heart disease and stroke and dementia, you know what, I could get by without them. And and they start making choices like that, which have huge consequences on their long-term health. And so, and that also has huge consequences on guys like me who depend on those patients 
for our livelihood and to be able to take care of other patients. So yeah, it scares me. Thank you for your time, Jim. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your, what I'm sure is an extremely busy, busy time for you and your business and hope to have you on again sometime. Okay, Zach. Thanks for doing the good work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Building Local Power podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. You can find links to what we discussed today by going to ILSR.org and clicking on the show page for this episode. That's ILSR.org. While you're there, you can sign up for one of our many newsletters and connect with us on social media. Finally, you can help us out with a gift that helps produce this very podcast as well as our other research and resources. Once again, you can help us out by rating this podcast and sharing it with your friends on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. This show is produced by Zach Fried, Shushmita Shrestha, and me, Jess Delfiaco. Our theme music is Funk Interlude by Dysfunctional. For the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, I'm Jess Delfiaco, and I hope you join us again next week for the next episode of Building Local Power.